0: Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, little people, gods of life and death, terminally ill boys, untainted princes, overprotective parents, and the amazing dedication of Yakul.
1: Listener discretion is advised. Spark and Movie Review, Episode 63. Barry the Kodama and Spiller, Friends for Life. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Movie Reviews, some podcast-fragging interviews about connecting enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and yes, what's up? Yes, we're back for another fun episode, and more importantly, we're back for the final installment in the month of Totoro's, Tanukis, and Tenacious Children, our Studio Ghibli month, and it's crazy, because we're going to have a lot of fun, it's going to be awesome, it's pretty cool, but before that, before that, I'd like to introduce to you guys a new addition to the Spirekin, manga review, movie review, and all the other things family. Why don't you introduce yourself?
0: Hi, I'm Dean Mona.
1: That works. That's a simple. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? Yes, I know we should go right into the... Uh, you can check us out at www.spyrokin.com. You can email us at gmail.com. I'm at zanspirekin.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and all the other stuff. But you know what? That's a little bit tired and contrived and just a little bit ass-backward, just a little bit. So, tell us about yourself. So, what type of geek or anime fan or manga fan or video game fan are you?
0: I like bloody gory, mostly, for the most part.
1: So, you like God of War?
0: I love God of War. God of War, um, Mad World, for the Wii. That's, uh, it's a black and white and all you see is the blood. It's, yep. it's really cool.
1: Is, it, is the blood in color or is it just black and white?
0: It's black and white and then all you see is blood. That's it. Like, that's the only color that you see.
1: So, the blood is red.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That is awesome. I must get this game.
0: It's, it is very, it's very fun. I have to...
1: You, do you have it? Not anymore, unfortunately. Ah, uh, shame. It sucks. <coughs> it does. But, um, yep, and also you are an avid WoW player.
0: That yeah. I am. I do love my WoW, and I just recently reactivated my Rift account as well. So I'm playing Rift again.
1: Nice, very nice. And WoW is such a, well, it's a one of those games which when you start playing, you forget time exists, and then suddenly it's two months or two hours later, and it's been three minutes.
0: More like it's been like, weren't <laughs> you supposed to be at work on Thursday and it's two weeks later?
1: Yeah. That's so. that's very true. And WoW is such interesting and unique and also just a, such a bizarre game. Because it was just like literally just, hey, let's, uh, how do you beat this game? You have to grind. And then get party members. And then you grind, you grind.
0: Pretty much. I mean, there's just different levels of playing WoW, but you can grind, you can farm gold, and some people just exist to farm gold and buy stuff on the auction house. Some people exist just to raid, or just to do the storyline.
1: The storyline, which is... uh,
0: (laughs) I mean, if you want to do the entire storyline, very detailed... There's no
1: way you could do the entire storyline unless you dedicate your life to the game.
0: No, your life entirely, depending on how hard you do it
1: if you want every single special weapon and special bonus, yeah, and all, every special event.
0: Yes, that, that I have to agree with. <coughs> um, but there's things where it's like, it's worldly drops where it only drops once, what, a year? Yeah. You know, or maybe on their anniversary or, you know, so it's, it's dictating. I have to set a time limit. If I don't, I get like cheese doodles in my hair and I don't look human anymore. <laughs>
1: We're all like that when we play games. It's crazy. But... We shouldn't even be talking about games. This isn't a game podcast. This is a movie podcast. This is true. Especially since we're talking about something really important. We're talking about our final installment in the month of Studio Ghibli. Now, if you've listened to our last couple of episodes where we talked about Porco Rosso, Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind, and Lupin the Third, which is not a Studio Ghibli film, but it's a Hayao Miyazaki film. All these films are. It's just a very intriguing and unique story. How they're the way that they're designed, the way that they're set. It's just whimsical and magical, and it's almost fairy tale like. But it's so intriguing as well. You know that Baz didn't like Nausicaa, but it's a very good story. And just the way that they're drawn and crafted by Miyazaki. But as it's created by them, it just creates this whole unique depth on how this universe and this world's created because it's very childlike but it's also very adult-like as well.
0: Oh yeah, I definitely agree.
1: Because yeah. they go all over the place. It's, even if it's a kid's movie, you have that taint of that adult real world. It doesn't. It's not all... Everyone's going to live happily ever after. There is going to be that sadness but it's tempered with maturity.
0: Exactly, yeah. Yep, yep.
1: Yes, and this is a
0: stupid example, but like uh, you ever watch SpongeBob, where he's watching a TV and Patrick comes in, and SpongeBob changes channels, like I wasn't watching anything. It's a stupid example.
1: No, it's a good example. It's 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 like it's it's a it's for adults and for kids. You could say, and it's it's always an entertaining thing. And I feel anyone who doesn't really like these, there is something wrong with you. There has to be, because it's not just oh it was made by the so Japanese cartoons. No, they're in a way that they're just unique. And I have to admit, the first one we talked about, we'll get into the story about that in a bit, that I saw with someone who doesn't like anime at all, who actually is one of the reasons why I hated anime for a long time, and he loved the movie. Oh, really? Yes. Um, But before that, we should really get a little bit more into Studio Ghibli's history, in which I'm going to just go on a long diatribe for the next X amount of minutes, so if you just want to skip ahead, go right ahead, but pretty much... What happened is that we haven't really talked about Studio Ghibli's history and we're going to get into it right now and pretty much this company was founded in 85 by Hayao Miyazaki, Aisao Takahata and Toshio Suzugo to create their own works which are going to be quintessential to blow a new wind through the anime industry. That's actually what Studio Ghibli means. It's based on the Arabic word for Mediterranean wind. And that's what they want to do. They want to bring new life and a new values into anime to bring it back to what it should be. And for the most part, they have succeeded in doing what they're doing. I mean, this is a company that was funded by Hayao Miyazaki's first film, Nausicaa, The Value of the Wind, and this is how they were able to get away from Toho. For the most part, this became the lifeblood that would make them popular and superstars around the world, why they'd be imitated by so many things from Bugs Life... To the Great Mouse Detective, and all these other quintessential films that would be based on this. And there's a lot of collaborators they use, including, you know, Yoshifumi Kondo, Hiroyuki Morita, Goro Miyazaki, and Joe Hisashi, all working together to make these Studio Ghibli films amazing. And the interesting thing about them is that, besides the fact that they worked so hard to create this new quality anime, They've done so much to move the anime world forward, and they've done much to show that they're not to be fucked with. Because after the debacle with uh, *Nausicaa: The Valley of the Wind*, which I told you *Warriors of the Wind*, that whole BS, they became very. We're not going to release any of our movies anywhere in the world because we're not going to have any cuts whatsoever. And this no cuts policy became a huge edict that they followed for years and years and years until. Harvey Weinstein begged and pleaded to get Princess Mononoke, and he suggested editing it to release it, make it more marketable. And pretty much what the representatives of Studio Ghibli did is they actually sent a katana to Harvey Weinstein's office with just a simple word from Sao Miyazaki, which is no cuts. They really were like, we don't fuck around. We're not going to do it if you don't. We'll take it away. And that's why, well, Disney got a hold finally of Miyazaki's and Studio Ghibli's films, and that's why they're able to release it. They've worked hard on releasing so many things, and they've won so many awards, and there's not much else we can really say about it, except that, well, Studio Ghibli is an amazing series of films which anyone should really watch, and, you know, we've talked about accolades of our other films, so we haven't even touched the surface, but... I think that's all I really could say about it at this point without getting further into this diatribe, so let's get back to the point. Don't you agree, Demona? Was that, was that a little bit too pretentious and boring with that? Just a little bit? Mm,
0: maybe it went a little overboard. Yeah. Maybe not. I, don't know. I, I can't be a judge of that. Think
1: about some of the movies we got there. talking about. I mean, like you got Castle in the Sky, which has been copied by... Every single well, it's called Laputa Castle in the Sky, which unfortunately, everywhere else in the world, it's known as just Castle in the Sky because Laputa in Spanish means whore. But hey, Stevens knew what he was doing, the Japanese didn't know that that was an insult. But every single movie that Disney's made that, that deals with airplanes has a reference to that movie, which is interesting. You had My Neighbor's Totoro, which a lot of people find oh, it's so cute because Totoros are everywhere, and every single time I'm at my job, I see someone driving with a Totoro, guaranteed every day. Hmm. It's weird, it's, 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 it's a phenomenon. You have Grave of the Fireflies. That's one of the few movies which actually makes me cry, and at times I actually want to put a bullet in my mouth after watching it.
2: Oh, okay.
1: It's a fucked up movie about uh, two kids who survived the fire bombings after of World War II, and then they slowly starve to death. Sounds like fun? Uh, it's, it's the director's allegory <laughs> of how he wanted to die, and how he didn't die, because his sister, his sister died, he didn't die. It's his life story.
2: Hmm.
1: It's fucked up. I mean, then you have Only Yesterday, which is about a woman who, her life is going nowhere, she's 27, she's an office lady, she doesn't have a boyfriend, doesn't have anything, and she goes back to a farm that she went to for a summer to reacquaint herself and to find love and life and happiness. Crazy. Mm. A movie about an office lady going to a farm just to, to get away and to find herself, find her younger self. Weird. I don't
0: see the purpose of that, but okay, we'll roll with that. Then you have Pom Pocky,
1: <laughs> a movie about Tanukis who use their testicles as weapons.
0: I, I don't have testicles, but um, I'm going to say ouchie.
1: They actually, it's, it's <laughs> well, if you see what a tanuki looks like, how they're drawn, um, generally they're triple the size of how they are. So they're walking around, and it looks like they're, you know, they're standing up, they're four feet, it's going to be hitting in the ground, just dragging as they walk along.
0: Hmm, kind of like those little, um... Bouncy thing. Those all bouncy
1: balls, <laughs> That's exactly. Kids. And they take it and they actually use it and it forms into different weapons and other strange things. And they say, oh, and the dub, it's, oh, it's their, it's their uh, raccoon pouches. No, those aren't raccoon pouches. I just, yeah. I'm
0: glad I don't have genitalia now because you know, wouldn't yeah. be able to watch that. Do like that kind of genitalia. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Then you have Whispers of the Heart about a girl who falls in love with a guy who's a musician, and while this is going on, she writes a story about this statue that she falls in love with who's about a cat with a top hat who's wearing a suit. Then you have My Neighbors the Yamadas about just a family and crap happening to them. You have Spirited Away. I don't think I need to explain that one. If you've never heard of it, it won the Academy Award for Best Animated Film, and it's about a little girl who learns to grow up and not be as selfish.
0: Which I think most children could uh, benefit from that.
1: Also Giant and Awesome... Dragon. Yes. Uh, You have The Cat Returns, which is based off of Whispers of the Heart, that story she wrote. The cat is actually alive, and he ends up helping a girl who ends up getting engaged to the king of the cats, who's one of those fat little tabby cats that you see who don't look like they're ever going to move. Kind
0: of like Garfield?
1: No, fatter. Mm
0: -hmm. Fatter?
1: Oh, wow, okay. He's like, you're my bride now. You're going to marry me.
0: No, I'm not! Ah! Kind of like Cat in Anger Management?
1: Yeah, that works. You have Howl's Moving Castle, which is based on the novel, which is really cool. It's cool. Very trippy and awesome. You have Tales from Earthsea, one of the worst films, also made by Hayao Miyazaki's uh, son. Have you ever seen the sci-fi channel version? Mm -mm, No, no. It's just as bad.
0: Oh, really?
1: How they could fuck up a movie about an alternate world where there's dragons and magic and you have alternate names and other shit. I don't know how they fuck they did that. (laughs) And then there's Ponyo, which is based off of The Little Mermaid, except that she don't turn into bubbles at the end. (laughs) Yeah, the original Little Mermaid she turns into bubbles. Little Mermaid,
0: no, she doesn't turn into
1: bubbles. In the original version of Little Mermaid, the original story, she don't get the prince. He's in love with someone else and she turns into bubbles.
0: Huh. My childhood was a lie. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it's better the other one where it's like, "Oh, it looks like the priest has a boner."
0: Yeah, that was good times.
1: Cuz he could no, that's 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 uh, Aladdin. <laughs> just say, "He could show you the world."
0: Yeah.
1: No, it was um it was it was uh, gadgets and widgets and Gadgets and widgets and wozits, Something and something galore. Thinking about Bob's, I got a billion. But who cares? I want more. Whatever the hell. You remember that movie. Most kids nowadays don't even know
0: that movie exists. I'm not going to tell you that I know all the words to the songs either.
1: (laughs) Well, but to talk about these films, these films have gone through, I mean, there's other ones. I mean, you have the new one coming out, which is called From Up on Poppy Hill. And there's a two, the one which they're going to do, which is about the Bamboo Cutter and some other one. You have a bunch of other short films they've done over time. But Studio Ghibli's been around for a long time. There's a lot of people involved besides Miyazaki and Hisashi and Takahata. But we're not going to get into any of that or talk about the museum anymore. We're going to get into these films because we should be talking about these movies. And it's been, it's just, we should really get into this. Do you think so? I
0: think so. That would probably be a very good idea. Because you
1: guys are a little bit bored about our info dump, So... First off, this first movie, as you can probably guess, guess who directed it? That's right, Hayao Miyazaki, and it was produced again by Toshio Suzuki. If it wasn't directed by them, there would be a problem. We'd be confused. Now, it, starring is interesting, because usually we go over the Japanese and America, we're going to go over the American or the English or whatever dub. With the different voice actors, the first actor we have actually hear from and who's in the least amount of roles is... That one, that only, the voice of Goliath, the voice of the cat from Coraline, uh, Childs from The Thing. He was in They Live. He was in hundreds and hundreds of movies. You know that damn voice, and who are we talking about?
0: Keith David.
1: With his sexy, deep voice, which everyone knows who the fuck he is when you hear that voice. Did I even have to point out that that was his voice?
0: Nope. I knew exactly who it was as soon as I heard him. I was like, oh!
1: And he is a nice addition to this. He's got four roles in this movie. Yes. He's... And then
0: yes,
1: he's awesome. He is awesome. And then you have, surprisingly, Jada Pinkett. Well, she was I think she was Smith at this point. Ninety seven, would she be married to Will Smith? I don't know. We'll say Jada Pinkett Smith, whatever. And she's, um I don't know. She was weird in this, in this role. I mean she was good in it, but she's also kinda
0: uh-huh. She she was good. I, I think could use a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I mean it's her first animated feature that she did for ADR where it's just her, they're inserting her voice instead of them creating something for her. And she said you had to match the lips. She was trying to do that speed racer thing, and it kind of worked, but didn't work also with her.
0: There's That's... just some actors and actresses that can pull that kind of stuff off, but some of them are just good at live action. Yeah,
1: like our next person, who surprisingly all these you X-Files fans are going to be like, she's in this movie, I gotta watch it. Jillian Anderson. And she has a pretty big role, cause, and they modulate her voice to sound deeper and more scary, but she really doesn't sound imposing or scary. She doesn't sound like an angry mom protecting her two sons and her adopted daughter. She's just kind of like...
0: Eh. Yeah, she's kind of bored.
1: It's like, I'm just here for the paycheck. Nah.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I expected more yeah. from, you know, a mom. Yeah, You yeah, know, exactly.
1: Um, and then next you have, surprisingly, Joe DiMaggio, for those who don't know, from Under the Red Hood, the voice of the Joker, playing a bodyguard who's a jerk. And if he, if, if that's what they were going for, he gets the award. He
0: was just a moron. I didn't like his character at all.
1: What, he was a stupid fucker. They're, they're insulting people, and then he's like, I'm going to interject and show I'm just a stupid. And you're like, right. <laughs> Good job good job. Then you have John Demita playing husband. I think he did a really good job. Who's trying his best and he's just kind of a guy who just he's trying to live. Yeah,
0: maybe it was just from personal life experience that gave him that itch. Yeah. Th- <laughs> I think so, too.
1: And next we have, surprisingly, Angelina Jolie's second husband? Third husband?
0: I think third, yeah. Maybe second or third. He was the creepy oh, one. She's, she's still married to Brad Pitt now, right? Yeah. yeah. So maybe like a third or fourth, yeah.
1: I don't know, but uh, but this is the one that made her carry his blood in, in you yeah, that's bon- a little creepy. Yeah, he's completely fucking insane. We're talking about Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> and he's playing a short, fat man. Who wears very weird shoes. I thought those shoes were awesome, and I would totally rock those shoes if I could. If I had that bounce. He could
0: even have such amazing bounce. Like, I...
1: Well, he's a monk, so he could do whatever he wants. But I thought, this is very true. Even though he had that southern twang, and some of the words were a little... He sounded good. But did you
0: notice that he was the only short monk?
1: Yeah, and he, but he was the boss. He
0: was.
1: He, he's he's like a boss. No, he is the boss. He's, you know, ruling them all like a boss. Yep. Walking on those things like a boss.
0: I just I just find it weird that he's a short one. And he's technically wearing heels if you want to think about it. Like a boss. Exactly. <laughs> he's, per,
1: he's, per, he's pretty fun. I think he did good. Now you have the three leads, you could say, unless you want to count Billy Bob Thorne as lead, and you got Minnie Driver, as she's not a villain, I don't think.
0: You kind of perceive her to be that way, I think, at first.
1: She is someone who's... Well, every character in this is multi-layered. There is no real villain except for the douchebag who's invading. He's the only, He's the only like...
0: Right, but I think she's just trying to provide for these people, you know, the best way she knows how, because, I mean, even at the end she explains, you know we'll start over but in a different way we'll make it better but
1: at yeah. first she's like yeah fuck them fuck fuck em. They're, they're, they're on their fucking own I'm getting my goal." yeah
0: and she was kind of like on, a, on that high horse and
1: everything and she got knocked down and... yeah then she, she she got smart but she was yeah. I think she had a good job she was powerful in it and just she carried her voice really well
0: there
1: were times she did that laugh though I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like her laugh yeah that laugh sucked <laughs> yeah I could have now we have the female lead Claire Danes what can we say about her as the female lead
0: Meh. I think she was like fifty fifty with me. I mean, I liked her, but There are
1: parts where you're like, her. really, you just sound like a whiny petulant little girl.
0: Unless that's what you're trying to perceive her to be
1: though. Uh, the other actress, no. She sounds like she 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 knows what she's doing. She's now a little cr- like whiny, like,
0: "No, oh, no, I don't like you, we don't like you. Yeah, that part's a little <coughs> weird, where she's like, I hate all humans! No, and then it's like, oh, look, he sent me this. <gasps> and she puts it on. It's like, um... Oh, shiny! <laughs> two seconds ago, you were telling everybody how you just hate
1: him. And you wanted to just completely kill him and drink his blood. It's
0: like she was in denial. She,
1: you know? Yeah, she wasn't bad. And then we have our lead, who literally... Apparently he's an A-list actor. I've never fucking heard the guy besides this movie in like, one other movie. That's Billy Crudup. He is, well... He's good.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely I, I like
1: him as the lead, and he's a very good lead, especially in this because he's not really a protagonist either. He is just the he's not even a catalyst. He's just an observer,
0: pretty much. And well, he doesn't just observe. He actually helps to try to keep everything
1: so maybe he's a rea- peaceful yeah. kind of like he's,
0: he's such a yeah he's rea-
1: reactionary. But um, okay, but yeah, but he's good in it. And then so before we get into the title movie was made for $23 million American, we don't want to get into the yen, and it earned in the box office
2: $160
0: million?
1: <coughs> Yeah, I think that it was a success. Something tells me that.
0: Yeah, at $160 million, yeah I'd, I'd say that they more than triple, quadrupled yeah. their, their they, they, budget.
1: Yeah, they literally made a lot more and they actually beat out Titanic as best, most selling film.
0: Any movie that beats Titanic is good in my book.
1: Yeah, and it's a. It, it came out originally in Japan it was ninety seven. Over here is ninety nine. And what's the title of the
0: film? Princess Mononoke.
1: And uh, or, if you know in Japan, Mononoke Hime. Now, this is a film which is kind of important to me because many, many years ago, when Zan was a young man, when he was going to high school with some crazy people, including Corrado, Deke, Cal, and a bunch of other people, um, Zan didn't like anime. Zan hated anime. I hated it completely. Reason why is well when you know, you're you're hanging out with your dad, you get Mega Man X two and he comes and says, Hey hey, hey little Xan, I got a I got a movie which for us to watch is gonna be really cool and awesome. And, you know, it's a movie with ninjas and about scrolls, you know. And then the first three minutes there's a rape, you know, that that kinda does something for you.
0: I would definitely say so, yeah. When you're
1: watching it's, it with your father? Yeah. <laughs> that'd
0: be a little awkward too.
1: Just just a little bit. So that kind of made things crazy until I eventually found manga and Now You've heard the story in the Ranma episode and several other episodes where I found manga. And what happened was that I found out about this movie. Everyone's talking this movie's coming out. This movie's going to be awesome. This movie's going to be amazing. And my father decided to take me to the city to see the opening weekend. In the city, it was limited release. We went. I took a day off school. Me and him. We went to walk down Chinatown. We went to, went to the theater on Fifth, on, uh, Fifth Avenue, the low, which is now Lowe's Theater. And saw it, it and was, it was fucking mind-blowing. The movie was just... You've, you've seen the movie, so you know, it, but imagine the big screen.
0: That would be... I would have loved to have seen on the big screen. It's
1: just so beautiful and awe-inspiring and just amazing to see it. And then, to top it off, he then gets me... Uh, well, allegedly he gets me a BL. <laughs> but back then, you know, you get fan subs all the time. And I made a fan sub, and then I spread this fan sub around, even though it was the English dub. And then from there, a certain individual friend of ours decides, I'm going to play it in my store window! <laughs> Is
0: that Corrado? Yep. Good times.
1: <laughs> Can't process with it. And I literally had a wall with all the news clippings and all the tickets when I went and saw it in all the theaters. And literally, I love this movie. And this was your first time seeing it. Yes. I mean, you've never heard of it before. Except for passing when we're talking.
0: Right, yeah. No, I've never heard of this movie.
1: So, what was your reaction to this movie? When you first heard about it and when you saw it? From the trailer and then now?
0: The trailer looked interesting, but it wouldn't have been like a type of movie that I'd normally be into, but after watching it, it was actually really good. Overall, I mean, I, lo- I love the graphics too. Um...
1: So, it's oh, just. Jesus. So, you just.
0: Overall, I mean, like, I don't have a single bad thing about it.
1: So, for those of you who have never seen this movie, first off, I should slap you. I should go to each of your houses and slap you.
0: What is it about,
1: if you could distill it to its essence?
0: I'd say keeping harmony in with nature, finding that equalness, I think.
1: Yeah. It's... Finding it's seen with uh, eyes unclouded, and to see the truth in a matter, and to not take sides in something, and just to have that harmony between humanity and nature, and just find that place in the middle. Now, I know you're like, that's very vague. I don't understand what the fuck that means. Let's get a little more serious. It's about a guy named Ashitaka. He is the prince of the Amishi people. Now, the Amishi were a bunch of people who the emperor. For- 500 years ago decide we don't like you you know you people are horrible we're gonna I'm gonna exterminate you completely so he tries to destroy them and the Amish are now hidden in the east in a small village there's maybe two dozen
0: I'd say around there yeah
1: and Ashitaka is the prince and he he's you know he, he does what a prince does when it needs to be he protects his village when an intruder comes in and an intruder does show up a giant scary monster he shows up he defends his village And he gets punished for it.
0: So wrong on so many levels.
1: Like, how does he get punished for it?
0: Well, not only does he get a curse, but he has to essentially be shunned or be... Actually, no, they said that he's dead to them now. That he died while saving the village from this monster.
1: Yes, and he has his curse, which is a mark on his arm, which is slowly spreading... Which is eventually going to kill him because he killed this giant monster who turns out to be a giant boar. Again, Miyazaki brings back pigs. He's got a thing with pigs, I think. But And the only th- evident thing they know is okay, you could either die from this and just soak and die in, in the corner of, of your house, or you could find out what's going on and do something with the rest of your life. So he's going to investigate what caused this god to go crazy and become a demon, and there's an iron ball that was in its chest. Now, for us who are in the modern age, we'd know what that iron ball is, I think.
0: I would hope so. It's
1: a bullet. So he ends up going to the west to see what the fuck is going on. And he's traveling and traveling, and he runs the shenanigans, runs into this weird man who knows exactly who he is. He says, you're an amishi. I, know I can recognize you from the beginning, from the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you look, and the fact that your steed is actually an elk, not a horse. But he gives him a hint. There's a place where you might be able to get better. There's in the far east, there is a a forest. That is the home of the forest god or the shitigami or the deer god, however you wanna we wanna translate it, but it's forest of the forest spirit. You go there, you might find a cure. Or
0: you might find death.
1: Yeah. But hey, it's a chance. And then he gets he goes there and he gets involved in a four way conflict, do you think, or a three way conflict?
0: Well he's got Lady Iboshi, he's got um,
1: Yep. Son and Moro and the And the... Then you
0: got Jiko. I'd say maybe a three way. Because I mean the invaders Yeah, they don't really they don't I mean the only part they play is in the fact that they wanted to attack for their iron. So I'd say I'd say a three way conflict.
1: Yep, and uh, so what are the three sides?
0: Lady Iboshi, where she just provide for her villagers,
1: I guess, but she made a deal with... Yeah. she Her deal is that she is the person who's burning down the forest. She's burning down the forest in order to get iron, which they're going to melt and they're going to sell and they're going to make money. She's destroying the forest, which the forest spirit is, is pissed about. So she's the bad guy! Because the forest spirit, he's just there, he's just, you know, he brings life, he brings death, but he's just the forest spirit and Lady ladybush is going to kill, destroy the forest, and she's the bad guy, right? Wrong. She is the person who's taking care of these villagers, and they're not just villagers. I mean, she. All the women there, most of them are p- women who are whores and prostitutes that she bought the contract of, and they're free.
0: Gave them a new life, a new beginning.
1: A new job, the opportunity to find boyfriends who are complete idiots.
0: That's how they perceive them to be, yes.
1: <laughs> and also, she actually goes in, takes people who are lepers, people who no one would touch.
0: Who are- outcasted by everyone. They don't have a place in society whatsoever.
1: And she takes them and she washes their flesh, which means she probably has is going to get, or she already has leprosy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she does that because she cares about them.
0: She sees them as people as well.
1: Yes. So she's both sides. And as we said, we have the four spirit who's literally just like,
0: yeah, whatever's
1: going on, I don't care. I'm just doing my thing. I, I, I. During the day... I look like a deer, and I just bring things to life, and I kill things. At night, I walk around, I kill things, and I bring things to life. And you have his protectors. You have the wolf tribe ruled by Moro and her two sons who have no names, and then there's her adopted daughter, the particular Princess Boronoke. Who she is angry.
0: Very angry. Has some parenting issues. Uh,
1: yeah, and she wants to completely kill Iboshi, put her head on a spike for daring to attack the forest. And then you got Jigo. And Jigo, the guy we talked about earlier, The he's there he has a deal with the emperor. The emperor is given a parchment saying that um, if he gets the head of the forest spirit, which supposedly if you take the head and you consume it you become immortal, you get that, then he'll have a mountain of gold. And he also has a pardon saying that he won't go to hell for killing a god.
0: Or looking at a god. Or...
1: Which you're like I mean, you have to think about the fact that back then they thought that the emperor was god, so that would be you know, why he'd have the authority to do that, but otherwise, you're like, what the fuck, dude? You're not
0: a god there. Yeah. And even Lady Eboshi was like, oh, hey. She showed up to uh, her villagers what? saying, Do you know who this is? She's like, oh, is it someone important? Well, you know.
1: Yeah, like the emperor, and they're like, huh? It's
0: like, who's that? They don't. No, no importance whatsoever.
1: They don't care. But the, they're. You really think brothel girls are going to know exactly who the emperor is? They're like, yeah. They just know, I have a, a four day shift tomorrow. <laughs> they get to relax. And four day shift. I would not work a fucking four-day shift. Well,
0: it's what you have to do to survive, I think, you know. True.
1: Well, could you do that for four days? Pushing a bell up and down, up and down.
0: I mean, after a while, I think you would become accustomed to it and everything, but my mentality or my mindset goes to it's what you have to do to survive, so it's what you're going to have to do. I, I
1: agree. I see where you're going with that, and I agree. It's, it's, it's what you do, what you do. And as we said, stuck in the middle of this entire clusterfuck, it's Ashitaka, who literally is just there to be like, at first he's like, I just want to find out what happened and n- not cause it to happen again and maybe cure myself. And he gets involved in this because he gets, he gets horny over the, or San who the first time she sees him she's covered in blood and she says, go away. He's yep. like, hey, yeah. Instant
0: like, I love you. <laughs>
1: it's like, go away. because like, I, I love the fact that the first time you see her she looks so feral and just like she's going to kill someone.
0: That part, I think, that part, she was badass to me. And then you saw her again, you're like, is that the same person?
1: Because her face is cleaned up, and she's like, I'm fine. Yep. The movie's about environmental, it's about all these things, and it's interesting how all these characters are so developed. There is no straight-up, I'm the evil, snidely whiplash villain. There is no true hero, except for Ashitaka, who literally is just trying to better the situation and everything that's going on. There's a lot of great action sequences, there's some great violent sequences, there's some romance, there's some mystery involved, there's a what'll happen if they do take the god's head, and then there's some great just imagery. It's just a very beautiful film. It's done only ten percent CGI, which muscles won't say anymore.
0: But it's it's very detailed, like you said, it's it's I don't know how else to explain it, but it's just it's very detailed.
1: Was there any scenes that like for the images that worked well, what you just remember.
0: I remember when the god of life and death finally fell. Yep. How everything that he killed was brought back to life.
1: Yeah. That's a great scene. Because you don't notice it first, and in see in the background. And this is a little spoilers. You're going to be confused a little bit. We may believe the, the what you just said just to be a little bit... You know
0: what I mean? Oh, so in the thing, actually, would be like...
1: And then I go. Exactly. Me, there's it's the scene which does it for me is a very is a very simple scene. It's when you see after uh, something happens to Ashitaka, he goes back through and it shows a rock. And you just see a rain start falling, and it just I've seen that in real life where you just see a rock and it just starts raining, it goes one, two, three, and then just downpours and it was done so well. I mean, there's also other scenes like when you first introduced the Kodamas the tree spirits and they're walking around, you see him doing all these weird things, they're little things that they they each would do. Like you'd see at one point they're walking like Ashak is carrying an injured person up a hill and as he's walking, you notice the Kodamas are following him and then they start carrying other Kodamas. making him
0: doing that was cute. I love I loved that part.
1: Yes, and actually. actually the mascot for the website is a Kodama, who's standing right there. Who's sitting right there. Bury the Kodama and he has a head wound.
0: Aww.
1: Yes, uh, Corrado spilled the pen on him. If you look, he has a bash in the back of his head. <laughs> but he still makes the creepy noise. Pass it. He's very dirty, though. We'll I don't think he can go in the wash. I think his head'll come off. Oh, just do like a...
0: Like a... Uh, wash. Circus
1: wash. Maybe. Maybe. not the
0: blood wound.
1: Now the blood wound's not gonna go away. <laughs> I tried. I didn't feel it. It's... Uh, it's... That ain't gonna go away but he's and he also he's also the last character to appear on screen very true which is sad because it, it, it
0: he's all alone yeah
1: because all his friends are dead or
0: well, was it his brothers and
1: sisters as they yeah his brothers and sisters are all, all dead it's a, it's a sad and I, I love I, there's so many things that they do which make it interesting like when you see Son pull out the branch they just stop like saying what would you do you just killed Jerry it's what?
0: like Yeah, it's like, what? what <laughs> where, where, where are you
1: taking him? Then, so what about the music?
0: I like the music. I didn't have an issue with the music per se, but I think that they could have, when dramatic scenes happen, I think they
1: could have made the the music a little more dramatic. Uh, not, not even with the drums that.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I definitely could
1: see it the being a little more dramatic, though, for me. Okay. You know? I mean, the
0: drums did give a, a dramatic effect, but. It
1: wasn't enough. You want it. Wasn't, more, yeah, I wanted a little more. You want a little more punch. And Joe Hitachi did a good job in it. I have the soundtrack. It's really a nice soundtrack. Got a lot of nice songs. It's very subdued, though. You barely notice what's there. And it's, you know, it's a very. It's a, a great soundtrack. Um. So who's your MVP and LVP for the movie? Most valuable player and least valuable player?
0: I think um, Ashitaka is uh, MVP.
1: Okay, I'm going to agree with you because he carries the film.
0: He really does. He, he's a hero per se, I mean, even though he was just kind of keeping everything peaceful. Mm-hmm. And then um, LVP, I think I'd have to go with Gonza.
1: I think my it's kind of tough because comparing the two dubs changes the characters a little bit, but still, I mean, Gonza was a little yeah. I think Gonza or but if we're talking the dub quality, I think uh, Moro was the weak link because she's supposed to. Because Moro's the the mother the adopt mother of San the wolf god and she just literally.
0: That is true. I, I mean, she gets, rev-
1: she gets her she gets a revenge, which is awesome, and there's some great scenes with her. And she does not like a cuddly dog. That's the other thing. The animals in this are not cuddly. They're not friendly. You take a little kid to see us, they will be scared.
0: Yeah, it's not to be you know oh, a little doggy. No, no, no. It's like run away. This is of.
1: the dog that's going to bite your arm off, or the or the gorilla who's going to rip your face off and eat your skin to take the, the powers of the man.
0: <laughs> we
1: eat the human. Actually, I think that's gonna be a stinger. We eat the human. Eat the whole man. It's like no, you have become something else. Ah. Um, you have that. You have that. Um, there's some. I could. We could talk about scenes and other parts, but I think that's really all we can really talk about. This, especially because we're talking about two, we're talking about another movie too, and this one's a little more modern, a little bit. So we can't really be as spoilery, but. Actually, could we be spoilery because of the fact that the source material came out in 1952?
0: Mm, We could.
1: We could, and this one, on the other hand, remember how we said earlier that always Studio Ghibli is either Isao Takanawa or Hayao Miyazaki as the director? What's different with this one? It's directed by someone new. His name is Hiro Masu Yonibayashi. They got an intern to make the film. They said, yeah, you're an intern. Go for it.
0: Have at it. See
1: what you will. Still, Toshio Suzuka produced it, and but it was screenwritten by Hayao Miyazaki, so I'm guessing he had a hand in kind of saying, here's what you should do, but you direct. And this one came out um, this year, or technically last year, like 2011-ish, but... <coughs> anyway, it was a film that was... Um, how do we say it was... Based on it was based on the borrowers, which
0: I have not.
1: Been. Also, if you watch cartoons, is also they made the Littles. They did a bunch of references. It's a very prolific series, and this what is the series called? Arietti. Yes, or Kari Gorashi no Arietti, or the Secret World of Arietti, which I didn't show you. We're we're going to be reviewing the UK dub because honestly, I almost walked out of the American dub because the American... I mean, Will Arnett as Pod? Okay. Amy Poehler as Homily? Meh. But anyway, um, so we said it's Arietti. Um, It's starring... Since we're doing the dub, you got... First we have Geraldine McEwen as Haru. How was her voice, you think? She
0: annoyed me. She definitely annoyed me. I don't know if it was because her voice or she was bad acting. She just annoyed me.
1: I think that's what she was supposed to go for, just senile housekeeper.
0: And she did a very good job. <laughs> I know.
1: Next, you had Mark Strong. Some of you may know him from a movie called Sherlock Holmes as the villain, or he was in Green Lantern as Sinestro. But in this movie, he plays Pod, the father to our main character.
0: He did a good job, but I think he just mellowed the entire time.
1: I saw more as being a douchebag. I mean, it's understandable, but he was being kind of a douchebag to his daughter, like saying... Everything will be fine. No, we're, fuck you, we're moving.
0: Yes and no. I mean, I think he's just also thinking about protect his family. But, mellow. Just yeah. kind of emotion. Never, you know, got upset. Never cried. Never got happy. You know.
1: True. He was very sedate.
0: Yeah.
1: I think maybe that was how the character's written. I don't know. I'm surprised this guy gets a higher billing than Mark Strong does. And that's Mark Allen Gale. He did... He had, like... Three lines in this movie.
0: I think so. If that, if that.
1: And he's playing our possible love interest. Maybe I don't think it got that far. It was just kind of.
0: He, I, I think, towards the end, like at the very end.
1: Yeah, that hits like yeah, maybe he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get some domesticated whatever. <laughs> but. And then you have Philadelphia Law as Aunt Sadeko Maki. She did a good job, even though she's in the movie like maybe for five minutes
0: she didn't have that many lines towards I think again towards um, the end she had a little more lines maybe a little bit here and there in the middle but maybe at most like what ten lines
1: maybe She's uh, She was she was good as, as her role. She's the caring aunt who realizes that this is a fucked up situation that my nephew's in and, you know, I gotta do the best I can because his family doesn't give a shit. Then you have Olivia Colman as Mommy Dearest Homily. <laughs> she was, I think she was hysterical.
0: She was. She, was, she pulled that off. I, I really have to say that she pulled off that, that very well. I liked her.
1: Yeah, so did I. I think she was good at it, and I think that, I mean, Amy Poehler was the English, the American version of her, and she just went crazier. She kept saying,
0: Oh, I hope the cat doesn't eat my family. Oh, I think the cat's going to eat my husband. Oh, the cat, the cat, the cat, the cat. Like, yeah, always so negative. But
1: she took it to an nth degree, and Olivia Coleman had it the right amount of just negativity with that little bit of hope. Yep,
0: a like, little positive attitude. Yeah,
1: you where know, she's like, Oh, hi, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Tom Holland. He's the reason why we watch the UK dub. Because he sounds like a little boy. He doesn't sound like he's 17 years old. Yeah. <laughs> he's playing a 12-year-old, and he, I think he is like 13. And he does a good job.
0: 14,
1: I thought. Oh, 14. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, hey. he, did. he definitely
0: did a good job. I
1: liked him. He has that British voice, which also adds to the awesomeness. It
0: does. That Harry
1: Potter voice.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think he was good in it, and I think that he had a lot going. Um, then last, we have someone who I can't pronounce her fucking name. I think it's Sayorci? Sayorci? So, I don't
0: know how to say
1: it. S. Ronan, And she's our title character, Arrietty. I think she did a really good job of this.
0: I think she did, too. She...
1: One part rebellious teenager, one part best friend, one part... One part mischievous little girl, one part depressed daughter.
0: Yeah, I definitely, you know, she definitely did a good job. She's she's definitely adventurous, too, because she's curious about the world.
1: And well, I mean, it's only her, her dad, and her mom. That's it.
0: Exactly, and, you know, she's just going out there.
1: Doing what she needs to do.
0: Yeah, what she wants to do, really, because, you know, she wants to go out and she wants to explore and, finding things because, I mean, who wants to be stuck home with mommy and daddy all the
1: time? Yeah, but this leads to problems. This is why everything goes kind of to hell. Well, did it,
0: would you say it went to hell? Everything went to hell? I mean, I think there was a, you know, a touch-and-go part there, but without Show, it would've gone way worse, I believe.
1: Actually, if Show never found out, though, they would've just existed, I think. They still would've just existed, I don't think.
0: Well, you're right, yes, because when he showed up,
1: and the cat was. When he just well, we should get into the actual plot of the story. Well, beforehand, movie um, was budget was twenty three million dollars. It made one hundred forty five million. Again, it's another one of those. It definitely did good. And the film itself, what what is the story about essentially? For this one,
0: I'd say it's about a different. Race or, like, a different type of civilization, so to speak, yeah. Co-ex- coexisting in mm-hmm. the same realm, but going unnoticed.
1: Yeah. You know, so... Because that's what they are. Borrowers are the people who... You notice how we're always losing pennies, change, pins, pieces of sugar, sometimes the cookies that we, we bought her. There's, like, one missing, or this, that... They're the reasons why they borrow things like sugar, cookies, tea, tissues, to survive. We're never supposed to see them. And Arietti, on her first day out, breaks that rule.
0: Well, I don't think she did it on purpose.
1: <laughs> no, but she got she got caught. Someone saw her, and then things just spiraled out of control from there.
0: But I think I think it it didn't really spiral too out of control. I mean, yeah, I got a little tight there, but yeah. Pretty
1: much, the story itself is a story of growing up, of giving up, of knowing when you need to give up, what you need. we need to give. We need to let go of things, and also not giving up when things are terrible. Because the thing is that besides this family unknown show, yeah, our main character, our other main character, show is a kid who's dying. He has a major heart problem. They're gonna do surgery in um, a, a week. And he's gonna die unless it goes well. So. Well,
0: he he's not gonna die, but he has he's expecting himself to die.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this is this whole situation is a way to get him to. I mean, he could have imagined the whole thing. That's possible too. I doubt it, but that would have been really weird. If it's just he's insane. Yeah, like his
0: uh, condition is but- affecting.
1: His somehow, or... He has to <laughs> explain why when, when Haru looks under everything, he's like,
0: Oh, there's nothing there!
1: Maybe she's slipping in bed. Oh, speaking of which, Haru, worst housekeeper ever, beats her, her client like shit.
0: Locks him in the room.
1: <laughs> and then he's freaking wheezing, and you see he's like gonna die. She's like,
0: uh, Yeah, like, dude, like, you don't. The purpose, I mean, they even said in the movie, the purpose of him being there is so that he is less stressed before he goes into the surgery. Do you think locking a 14-year-old boy in his bedroom would be less stressful for him?
1: No, I think it'd be more stressful, but she doesn't see it. She thinks, I'm going to call the the squeaky clean exterminator company. They're going to take him. No, they're not going to give a shit if they're, they're rare items. They're just going to kill them.
0: Exactly. They're going to be like, oh, look, it's a, it's a bug, Squish.
1: That's a person. Meh. <laughs>
0: Good
1: now. Where's my 50 bucks?
0: You're
1: right. Or <coughs> 50 pounds or 50 yen. It's a really good movie. It's an interesting movie. It's, it's very different than all the other films. It's more... It's in modern times, first off. And it's slow. But it's a nice slow. There's not a lot of action in the movie.
0: There's not. There's a lot of... Not a lot, but there's a couple of close encounters where it's like, he's coming out of the corner and then she's coming out of the corner. It's like, oh no, he's going to get
1: away in time. Or with the bird, that scene...
0: Yeah, I think that was probably maybe the most exciting scene possibly.
1: But it's not exci- it, But that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It's a very good movie. It's a very contemplative movie. You think about it, and it's a beautiful movie.
0: Yes, very. The graphics
1: and you know, all the little touches they do, like little things here and there, like when the water comes out of the spout because they have such they it says they use water droplets. Like it's literally just like a bloop, and it fills up their whole cup when they pour it. it it's it's just a little. Like, the drop is gigantic, but that's literally how...
0: Yeah, it's very cool. Instead of making it, like, how we view water or tea or any other kind of liquid, they, you're looking at it from their perspective because they're so small.
1: Yeah, like, the first scene you see Arietti like, in a room, in a human being's room when she walks in the kitchen. All the noise and everything that we take, we don't even hear, and you hear her hear all of it. What is that thundering sound? Is it thunder? No, it's the refrigerator. What is that you know, that clacking sound? Oh, it's just the it's it's the leaky
0: faucet. And what is the thumping? It's just people walking across the kitchen floor or
1: Yeah, oh. but it sounds monstrous to them. And all the little things that they that you see from their perspective, like the fact that their house is decorated with postage stamps. And like their statue is a rook I'm oh, sorry, a knight. It's
0: Really cool how they <coughs> use things. I think they even use, like, actual big needles, too. Yeah. To, to sit
2: when
1: they were
0: sewing the bag together, they use large-sized needles. Yeah. And, and then... she uses like, a little
1: pin as a sword. Yeah. And then, uh, later, then later on you see them making bread, and they make bread using just cookies. They crush the cookies down, they make bread out of it.
0: Yeah.
1: But then you see stuff in the soup, and I'm wondering, what the hell is that orange stuff in the soup?
0: To me, it was like a carrot, but... But carrot time, to them like...
1: would be like... Because, <coughs> yeah, like, what
0: do they do? Like, they take the whole carrot, or do they chop a piece off? Like, you don't, you
1: don't really know. You really don't know. And also, the thing is, you wonder if there's some feats they do, which you make you wonder if they're, you know, if they're, they're stronger than humans, if they're faster. Because for them, a foot would be like a... would be like... would be... A foot human size would probably be 30 feet.
0: Uh,
2: Maybe.
1: You know, and they move it just as fast as a human, so you don't nearly know. Yeah,
0: there was that one scene where it's like, how did she get there so fast?
1: Yeah, I mean, you see her, like, going, (laughs) but then it's like.
0: Maybe because they're so small, they have that extra agility. I mean, you don't
1: know. I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting way that they design the world. It's just great how they do it you know? There's other things that go on um with the film that is great. I mean, besides the design work, you have... This is the first, this first Studio Ghibli film that's not Joe Hisashi doing it. They actually got someone from France, a lady named C- Cecil Corbeau, to do the music. She does the theme. She does it. She actually sings in English and in, in Japanese and she has a melodious voice, I think. I
0: agree. She did a very... I don't
1: want to say good because it doesn't seem like it's Oscar worthy or or, or, yeah, or Emmy worthy. No, she just she,
0: it was very well done how she how it fit. She,
1: yes, it fit. Mm-hmm. It fit the fit the way it worked and it's just very how the music worked because it was it, it was a little more intrusive than with uh, Hisashi stuff because you knew it and you heard lyrics and like it was just instrumentalist when you heard always her singing or this or that.
0: It's just how they did it was very well done, or how she did it was very well done, and it fit with the movie, and it flowed.
1: I agree. It flowed well, and it's just, it's a, it's a great film. I really think it's one of the better films. It's, like I said, though, it's... I know that people are like, oh, but what what, what about the American version? What about, you know, why are not you talking about how good the American version? I mean, the fact is that the American version did what they did with Ponyo. They made it more techno-poppy, they changed the music... The entire last sequence of the film, the ending of the film, is all animation. The credits are animation. They cut that in half to put in their version, their rock pop, uh, what is that thing? Auto-tuned version.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? Why would they do that?
0: We're stupid.
1: (laughs) They want to have that rock star sing, I don't know, I don't fucking know, but either way, um, since, now, we don't, since this is the month of children, you know, it's, uh, Toro's Toros and Tenacious Children, we're not, as you know, we don't use our regular ratings because for the most part, all these films are amazing. They're good. They're all going to be in the really, really, really fucking cool or Borrowed from a Friend. There's not really that, but I mean, would you watch these again?
0: I would watch them again. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think that they're really good and they're really amazing. I think that they're just totally worth watching and they're really fun.
0: I think if I ever have children, I'd probably have them... Watch these movies, especially Arietti, mm. because um,
1: would you show them uh, Monomaki earlier, like at 11?
0: I probably would do that because then it would show them; a li- they would it would be uh, maybe a little more humbling. And
1: they also, not take
0: anything for granted.
1: And also, you see violence of people getting decapitated from and their arms oh, yeah. flying off. Yeah,
0: it's like, hey, this can happen to you. Watch out! I, I torch, twer- I, I torch twer- my kids. <laughs>
1: That aside, so um, we could talk more about these, but just watch them. Just go and get them. I, unfortunately, I know the fact that um, Arietti is now part of the Disney collection, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be vaulted soon. So if you can't find it, just look on Amazon or eBay. And
0: Prin- definitely get the, the British...
1: If Yeah, order, just order the British one. It's easier. Just get the Blu-ray. And um, for the for Princess Mononoke, it's Miramax. You can probably find it in... Il- online, it's a good oh, r- very, very good movie. I just hope there's a. Bl- I think there is a Blu-ray, so get the Blu-ray. There you go. We watch the DVD because I have the- I has the DVD. So, just that's. So remember, you could. So this has been a good the month. It's also a good introduction for you. The moment I mean, it's been really. Are you are you are you having fun? Oh
0: yes, very the-
1: Are you gonna stick around for a bit? Yes,
0: think? I-, I think I'll stick around.
1: <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> really glad you want to... I think that's, I think we forgot everything we're supposed to do. Um, Is there anything left? I mean, we talked about the movie, we introduced you, we talked about Studio Julie, we gave, oh yes, remember you can check us out at www.sparker.com, I'm at zansparker.com, um, I'll set you up with an email, maybe in a couple months, we'll see, because you'll also be helping me with editing duties, which is good, so you may not be on the mic all the time, but you're going to be here.
0: Useful for something.
1: And you're useful for a lot. <laughs> I think, oh, what the fuck else is there? Uh, Right, I know what we're forgetting. I know completely what we're forgetting. <laughs> so I guess... Oh yeah, so it's that part of what I want to talk about. I'm talking about that one. That only...
0: Dodecahedron of Movies.
1: Yes, friends, the Dodecahedron movie. Now, Dodecahedron has a 12-side object. We're going to roll this Dodecahedron of Movies. We're Dodeca-Hedron movie. number it lands on. That's reviewing the next episode of the Sparkin' We Review, episode 64. We got some, a pretty cool, nice list. We got some crazy stuff. We got some fun stuff. And we have some things which I don't know if they'll be good or not, but we'll see how they work. So why don't you roll? That's your reviewing. So here's going number four over here. Number four. So in the next episode of The Sparkin' Movie Review, oh, we're going to be moving reviewing a movie with John Candy, and it's arguably, some people say it's better than one movie but I, with uh, John Cusack, but I say that's bullshit. And we're talking about uh, Summer Rental. Have you heard of it? No, I have not. Uh, Hope constantly says it's the greatest movie ever, that it's 100 times better, and Rip Torn is hysterical in it. Okay. It's better than One Crazy Summer, which I find funnier. But we'll do that in the next episode, so I think that's all we can really talk about. We've been talking for an eternity, maybe? And mine, I think that's it, so...
0: This is Mona, and my favorite quote from Princess Monoki is going to be... Wow, hey, you're not handsome, you're gorgeous! And from Eretti is...
3: Spiller, have you seen other borrowers? You see, we thought we might be the only ones that were left in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's many.
1: <laughs> and this is your host Zan for the Sparkin Muirview, and my fair quote from 1997's Princess Mononoke is probably going to be: Are you selling like super donkey piss? No, I see and also for Arietti. My favorite quote is probably going to be...
3: So one day, you might be the only one left. Huh? Every year, you get less and less. That will mean you're a doomed species. That's not true! There's lots more of us! Spiller said so! Spiller? He's one of us! And Spiller says there are many more of us out there! Do you have any idea how many people there are living in the world? 6.7 billion. 6.7... billion? And how many of you? I don't know. There's probably just a few of you left. Before my mother told me, I didn't know borrowers even existed. There are so many rare species that have already died out. I've only really read about them in my school books, though. So many beautiful creatures have ended up dying out as the environment changes. It's, it's sad, but maybe that's what fate has in store for the borrowers.
1: Such a happy line, don't you think? A good way to go that, out?
0: That is a very happy line, I think. it's To go know? out? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, kid, you're going to go into surgery. you got to think positively. No, I'm going to die. <laughs> Alright, so I guess it So we are Gonsville. We'll catch you next time, and you'll be back on again. Hopefully, you'll be. It's going to be a while, but well, might not. You will see. So, where is
2: How dare you show such disrespect to the wolf clan! This is our forest. The human, give him to us. Give us the human and go. You go, before my fangs find you. We will not go. We will eat the human. Yes, let us eat the man-creature.
3: Are you crazy? Just what happened to make the ape tribe change this way? Since when do apes eat the flesh of a man? If we
2: eat the human, we will steal his strength and we will drive the other humans away. Give us the man-creature.
3: Stop this! You know you can't possess the human strength by eating
2: them! この獅子神。森に光が姫。私を我が一族ほどどこ滅ぶとも人間に思い知らせてやる。Look at that, that must be their mother, a fine old tree. Mm-hmm.
3: Shouldn't you wear something a bit darker? No, this will be all right. Try and remember to borrow some tissue paper And even a cube of sugar perhaps We could have it to sweeten the juice I shall be serving for tea later (sighs) But only if you can We'll be back home soon Please be careful Of course I swear... Harold, I'm sending the pest controllers away. Now, just wait a minute. The Lord's house! Master Show, may we come in? Of course. Uh-huh. Hard to believe, they've even stolen the little kitchen. Mm -hmm. You'll see, it's gone. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Not gone. This kitchen always looks so nice.
3: (laughs) Please, please, wait, madam. I caught one in a jar! That's strange. I wonder what's troubling Haru. Hmm. What wonderful fresh herbs! Ah! Someone has been making tea! Just as my father said, there are little people living here.